Hi, I'm Tegan Graham, a.k.a. The Better Graham, and this is the DU Football Show. I know she texted Joel. No, no, she didn't text me. Oh, I just really? decided to go with that one. Okay, she told me she was going to text you. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get a text from her at all. All right, good. So I just decided to go with that instead. Nice. I just thought, you know, nice little dig for you, you know. Thanks. You know, because your daughter wanted to learn how to play poker, and I financed her as opposed to you because, you know, you're a bad father. It's I just got three kids go. to feed. Well, let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Graham. Hey. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of half, well, the other half of the English Premier League's action is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and uh, fresh off of paying me $80 on Venmo, my co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. How you doing, bud? Uh, doing very well because uh, I bought a bunch of Spirit Airlines doctor cheap on Tuesday when everything was about to, the ass end was falling out of it. So I made <laughs> I made 300 bucks today. I would uh, hurry up and sell that because it could be worth Good. a penny in a few days. <laughs> As I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll give it one more day. See how it goes. Yeah. By the way, patreon.com forward slash do you football show. Uh, that $300 only keeps us alive for two more weeks. As, as they did on. Uh, <laughs> we need they, your sustained and concerted effort to keep the show going. Thank you very much. they did on uh, <laughs> SNL for Alaska Airlines for the window falling out. They were like all the like considered it the adventure ride now. We'll just <laughs> yeah. won't have a roof adventure or, park right, yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> and the, the very end of it, Alaska Airlines. Hey, we're still better than spirit. <laughs> And, of course, on the ones and twos, Producer Mel. How you doing over there, Producer uh, pretty Mel? Pretty good. I like the uh, tagline, Alaska Airlines, but you didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody died. Nobody died. Yeah, it's pretty good. Alaska Airlines. We've all lost a shirt before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're recorded at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, streaming live every single Monday night. Should you want to chat with us, there are as many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Of course. It's at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at uh, gmail.com to get in touch by email. Very good. And, of course, uh, not just uh, all the, the other socials. Of course, TikTok as well. Yes, and, TikTok. Uh, we're there. X and Instagram. I'm doing a dance maybe one day soon. Uh, maybe. Only if you're lucky. <laughs> but uh, there's only one person I know in this room that I've seen do a TikTok dance. And neither one of them have the last name Houston. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show in every single show. Mr. Graham going back in the list because we finally got it in. Yes. And it fortunately came in today. Tell us all about it. Doing a little Irish today. We are. Uh, by way of Portland, it's Ranier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the first of many. <laughs> References. Uh, this is the Green Spot Quails Gate uh, coming in at number 16. Uh, this is the one that we had to skip a couple of weeks ago because it hadn't come in yet. 
Uh, so here we go. You're at 92 proof on this one. That's 46% by volume for those of you counting at home. Should run you roughly 70 bucks on the shelf, uh, according to the advocate's suggested retail price. Got a panel rating of 93 points and is an Irish single pot still. Your blurb comes from David Fleming this week uh, of the Whiskey Advocate Tasting Panel. This green shot, uh, green spot expression <laughs> is the third bottling in its Wine Geese series, a tribute to the Irish diaspora that uh, it's finished for 16 months in Pinot Noir casks from British Columbia winemakers Quail's Gate, owned by the Stewart family, whose ancestors emigrated from Ireland to Canada over a century ago. There's nice spiciness on the nose, followed by a palette of abundant spice flavors, along with red apple, cherry, berries, candied orange, lemon, and vanilla. The spice isn't quite done yet, as it uh, punctuates a pleasantly balanced finish. Now, I will say that I don't necessarily agree entirely with that palette. Spiciness, yes, but I get more like honey. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. I get citrus. It, I get some lemon in there. But it, it might just it might just be the way that that orange what he describes as orange and vanilla maybe mm -hmm. kind of playing together with that spiciness where i come up with honey but it it, it just tasted more like honey to me so this like is fresh honeycomb this is the third time i've had a whiskey done in peter noir casks um the first one i ever had was when um woodford did their master collection they did a uh, sonoma couture peter noir because those you don't know Owned by Brown Foreman. Brown yep. Foreman owns owns Sonoma Couture along with um <clears throat> along with uh Woodford Reserve. And then the second one would be the Pinot Noir cask from Westward. And then this would be the third. So each time it has been a different base, right? So um the case of the Woodford, it's a corn base primarily. Yep. In the case of the Westward, it's a hundred percent uh barley. In the case of this, this is a pot still. It is 70% barley and then 30% column stilled neutral spirit. And that barley, by the way, has to be through a pot. It has to be through a copper pot still. Right. Um, I'm not getting... I'm getting fruit and sweet. I'm not getting dry and earth like I got from Westward, right? So when I think right. Pinot Noir, I don't think jammy, sweet, or fruity. I think more subtle fruit tones, more earth notes, right? That's mm -hmm. typically what you get from a Pinot Noir. Whereas if I'm doing, say, a Cabernet or a Syrah, you know, th those tend to be jammier and those I expect that bigger fruit too. So see, my my experience with, with traditional still wine um, finished whiskeys, I always find them to be much hotter uh, mm -hmm. than most others. And a lot of times that fruit doesn't necessarily develop for me. Yeah. Um, I think back to the Pritchard Hill uh, Cabernet cask finished Jefferson's that we had a few years ago. It was it just almost felt like the proof was was super intense in the mm. in the star rather than the cask finish. Um, the Pinot Noir cask finish from Westward was a bit drier, mm -hmm. much that, drier. Yeah, but conversely, when we do a fortified wine finish, a sherry or a port, you and I tend to agree, uh, at least in most cases, that the desserty qualities of those of those fortified wines um, tends to affect the whiskey a bit more. So you get a bit more of that chocolate or that mm -hmm. almond. Um, sort of kind of dark, dark, ripe fruit uh, really stands out in those whiskeys versus um, traditional uh, still wine 
finished whiskey. Well, well, the old elk that we had just recently had. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. you really got or that. that eight, eight, the 18-year-old whistle pig that Justin <clears throat> bought. Yeah, that that very plummy kind of mm-hmm. flavor to exactly. it as well. Very. Yep. I, it's a. Uh, don't get me wrong. I I like it. I'm just comparing the three, and so far there hasn't really been a consistent thread on them. Yeah. Other than with the westward one i felt like it was more representative of the wine barrel that you're using pinot noir is a very specific wine it's a very tricky wine it's it's not depending where depending where the grapes grow depending on that terroir whether whether it be old world or new world is completely different i mean you you think of russian river valley pinot noirs Mm -hmm. versus burgundy pinot noirs Mm -hmm. and there's much more earthiness willamette Right, and green pepper snap that you get off of that French yeah. versus the kind of dryness and more fruit forward, um, the, a bit more robust that you would get from a Russian River Valley right. versus the uber soft and fruit forward um, Willamettes. Right. Well, now the other thing too is I think maybe um, going up to, because this is British Columbia, that probably that little bit of colder climate mm-hmm. probably And short is the growing bit. season as well, yeah. Yeah, but uh, all in all, very good. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad we were able to get our hands on it because it was a good whiskey. Don't get us wrong yeah. by any means. I actually quite enjoy it to be honest. Yeah. It, it just, I, I, you're absolutely right when you, <clears throat> when you go and you're right to compare the three. When you, some of it has to do with the grain as well. But when mm-hmm. you when you go through uh, a still wine cask finish, you're going to get something wildly mm-hmm. differently across different whiskeys yeah. versus you see port or sherry finish. You're going to have a pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. Um, flavor profile. Well, and th- this is also, just, as you say, just totally different from the other the other couple we've uh, we've experienced. Also, would say this one's going to be more representative of Westward as well because it's at a minimum seventy percent right malted barley. Yep, to the hundred percent malted barley. So there's at least a little bit more of an apples and, to apples comparison, yeah. I guess you could say. And maybe I, that's where you get a little bit of that sweetness too, is because they do use some corn. Yep, could be the case. You and, know. And it's, uh, you know, it's also, uh, I haven't had a bad spot yet. Like, the green spot's great, blue spot's great, yellow spot's great, red spot's great. Like, they're all fucking great. I was going to say most of that's because Mel edits it out, but. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Oh, what else do we also have to do, Mr. Graham? Always remember to drink responsibly. All righty, cheers. Cheers. Mel? Yeah, there we go. Mel's even got a glass today. So, uh, Brian, Greg Sideburns, mm-hmm. uh, is already wondering, Graham, what is the uh, stock value for a DU football show? We're not publicly traded yet. <laughs> We're still a privately run company. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. We may do an IPO starting at about $2,000 a share. Okay, take take the zero. Good to multiply it by the zero. Carry the one. It, it, zippy. Zero. <laughs> it's a big, fat fucking zippy. Um, a lot more goals this week's comp, uh, completion of the fixture 21. Uh, where... We're just going to do it just like we did last week. We're going to go right in order. Was that a sentence? Yeah. A lot more goals this completion of the 21 week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, words are hard. Words are hard. (laughs) Arsenal 5, Palace 0, Brentford 3, West uh, Nottingham Forest 2, West Ham 2, Sheffield 2, Liverpool 4, Bournemouth 0, Brighton 0, Wolverhampton 0. (laughs) Boo. Yeah, because it was right on time for you there. I didn't even put the score in, but you know what? It's not wrong. I just wrote the names. Yeah. And I mean, the game was about as worth that. They they didn't score any goals. No. We'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. For for some reason, Scott is, uh, McMullen is in the chats and he's excited for the Brighton game because he's already got commentary on it. He got to sit down and watch it today. 
Yeah, so, I got to sit down. Slow day at the today. office today, Scott. You're able to uh, just kick back up, kick back up the feet and watch. Uh, don't worry, it was a slow day at the office for me too. So same over here, and I actually went out and worked. Yeah, precisely. Still really quite slow. Uh, goals galore for the Gunners, Mr. Graham. Yeah, but it was a really weird game. Mm -hmm. In a sense, Arsenal dominated, but they didn't look that dangerous. No, to be honest. And none of our forwards, besides the Trossard goal, I don't think Saka or Jesus registered a shot on target. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all Gabriel from the set piece, obviously. He got mm -hmm. the two towering headers. One of them obviously carooned off the back of Dean Henderson's uh, head. Probably because he didn't still, have that he didn't have that hat on, Mel. Still that think, you loved him in still so much. I think that was going in the goal. So do I. It's I I think he's a little bit hard done to not mm -hmm. receive a second goal bonus mm -hmm. <laughs> for that. But By the way, it's Nicole that really dug the hat. You keep wanting to think my wife has a love well, affair she with loves Dean, Henderson. Dean Henderson. No, Nicole did. <laughs> They're the same person. Okay, fine. <laughs> One of them just a little more tan, Sam. <laughs> That's it. And has bigger boobs. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they're both eventually going to be married to you, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, they'll be both be my sister-in-law at some point. <laughs> uh, but they, so it was just it was a really strange game in in that kind of respect. I mean, we had like seventy percent of the ball. We we pretty much shut down Eze, uh, which was which was good to see. Um, but I, it was just really funny. They they did only have one one shot on target less than I think I think it finished six to five mm -hmm. um in terms of shots on target in our favor but um they weren't terribly dangerous I think I only saw David Riot full stretch once yeah well and that was because he fucked it off right right exactly because right. he screwed it up to begin with yeah. but that throw for the counterattack, I mean just hitting I believe it was Odegaard just in stride perfectly on the halfway line was fucking brilliant now it was a kind of a comical fall over at the end want everybody so. to see right here it says Raya the good, the bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to bring up was was the fuck up that he had then had to make a brilliant save uh -huh. on and then the really great distribution that went, oh, that's why we have that fucker hey. in the net. Sympatico. <laughs> yeah, right there. Uh, something uh, I This time to... I brought the points up in the order that you wanted me to. So, El, and <laughs> well, then these two things I'm going to kind of put together. The lineup looked normal, right? Yeah. So it finally looked like your normal starting lineup your normal guys were healthy your normal guys were good to go so you're able to then use your bench the way you want to yes the only thing that was different about it was is that Trossard started over Martinelli which is very fair because frankly Martinelli hasn't been fucking scoring and it worked because Martinelli fucking scored two and Trossard scored yeah and and I would also say you were talking about how uh, it didn't look very convincing it's also because Palace really helped you because all three of those goals for no fucking reason should have ever happened if they had decided, I don't know, to cover people and play defense or care well, or the, try the, or anything at all. Like you guys just walked it down the was field. It, was it the Trussard goal was the was the brilliant counterattack, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, the two Martinelli goals. I mean, the one thing he has been is full of running mm -hmm. and he's always been a brilliant outlet, whether or not he's scoring goals or not. Right. What I would be concerned if I was a Palace supporter, you know, and, and Brad should be concerned, is that it was essentially the carbon copy of the same. He scored the same goal twice. Exactly what I was about to say. Again, it, it simpatico, was, it my was friend. the same exact goal two times. Mm. And, and it if wasn't... you, ca as a professional footballer, if you, if you get done, and then you get done again, literally 90 seconds later, 
in the exact same way, you're just not paying attention. You just as, haven't learned anything. As we talked about on the EFL show last week, mm-hmm. that happens in League Two four times from the same, same side goal. of the field. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't happen in the Prem. That's a fucking problem. And that is either one of two things. Ineptitude as a player, which they've got a fairly decent defense. They've got a fairly decent mm-hmm. team. Or a disconnect from from the game and a disconnect from the coach, which unfortunately well, I, I think, that, I that think point, we are hitting that point well, with with Roy. But you also have to look at it was it was three nil by that point. Both of Martinelli's goals were in stoppage time. Yeah. I think Palace was just in the locker room mentally. Right. I don't think that was necessarily a, a Roy coached them into those two mistakes. No, I don't think thing. it was Roy coached them into I just think I it was the lack not. of I just think they they had a you know what, three nil down. It's the 90th minute. We're obviously not clawing three goals back. Right. Eze's good. We ain't that good. So, fuck it. Like, we're just done. And But, but they left themselves open. It was just stupid. But as a coach, you're probably sitting there on the sidelines, and you're saying, all right, boys, just see it out. Come on. No more goals. No more shots. No shots. Yeah. We're just going to hold on to the ball. No shots for them. No shots for them. Boom. Quick fall asleep at the wheel goal. You'll be like, yeah. come on, boys. We got that. Like, to then yeah. do the exact same fuck thing, That just that just means – you as a coach are saying shit to your players on the pitch. Ain't fucking listening, man. Yeah, they ain't fucking listening. Like yeah. they don't care. Like, I mean, how many of them speak owl? <clears throat> yeah, very true. <laughs> um, but the other thing, uh, it was actually quite a sad, sad sight. He's obviously Roy is is wi- a very widely respected coach. He's coached in a multitude of countries. One of the first Englishmen to go to leave the English shore, uh, mm-hmm. shores and have a successful overseas career um, in, in both Scandinavia and Italy. Besides um, saying this... Like we say in Portugal, bread is bread and cheese is cheese. He said, Roy's our boss. I think he coached in Italy. He Pretty said, sure he Roy is our boss. Yeah. He's our boss. Exactly. Like, I mean, everybody loves Roy Hodgson. He's the, a lovely the man, man. The man that shows no respect to no one, Jose Mourinho, shows respect to fucking Roy. Yeah. And... He's a bit feisty. He's he goes underrated as a feisty character. I mean, well, because now he's the older. Guy. Oh, look, he's just the nice, soft guy. Well, like, yeah, he still says exactly shit. Right. He still gets very feisty in press. That's exactly right. Uh, Taylor says, "Sounds like the Palace players don't give a hoot about Roy's tactics." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, sorry, he was late to the party with that joke. They're <laughs> <laughs> <Andrew> on delay. Oh, <laughs> uh, fair. So the um, but he, it goes. I mean, th- this was a guy that got asked a you know a question at a press conference. And he turned around and said, "Hey, let's not take the piss here," you know, <laughs> <laughs> actually technically cursing at yeah a journalist. He's he, so he goes underrated as feisty, and because he's older now, you know, seventy odd years old, uh, oldest manager in the Premier League, probably record will last for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, to see the Palace supporters unfurl those banners at the end and the camera to kind of pan that and then to see him looking a little distraught on the sidelines mm-hmm. and then the camera that's kind of in the tunnel to show him looking directly at it from behind mm-hmm. and then to show his face again it just it, it was just a little sad just kind of got me in the feels you know mm-hmm. and I, I heard it today and it was a good point I didn't think about it at the time but somebody said uh that why it was so unspecific mm-hmm. that banner right. not like 
hashtag Roy out like most times when people are pissed off. It was very vague. The sign just like ineptitude on and off the pitch is all it said. It didn't call out a specific person or players or coach or whoever was because they do respect Roy. But there has to be some sort of a succession plan here. There has to be some idea that he's fucking old now, man. Is it Graham Potter? Because he was in the stands. Well, that's, you know, could be. He likes the project. He likes working with younger players. Mm -hmm. Palace now have a lot of that. And it could be the young hip coach that's coming in that's able to to get them all back on side and playing well rather than the 77-year-old or 78-year-old, whatever Well, the other problem is, is you also couple that with the fact that of those young hip players, DeCorey's hurt and Alicia's hurt again. Right. Like that fucking when when all they have is Eze it's very easy it, to hone in on Eze like it was with did. Zaha yeah, which we you did you hone exactly. in on Zaha you could shut him down that's exactly what's fucking happening to him right now do we think they're in real trouble I think there are three worse teams than them <clears throat> and I think even if Roy stayed yeah I think that they would survive mm. can they get sucked into it absolutely if, Elise, I, if Elise can't get fit and stay fit I think they're in trouble yeah, they're only three ahead of. Uh, um, no, I'm sorry. They five. are one. Five one no, they're one ahead of Forest, and they're four ahead of Everton, and then five ahead of the drop. Yep. And Everton's playing well enough, and you know that's Everton. Until you get give, your, that's until you get your second point well, deduction. Well, Ever, Everton the same thing. very true. <laughs> Everton, Everton doesn't give up goals. That's the one key thing you can look at them and say they're not. They do not typically get scored on. They lead the league in shutouts, and they are the masters of one nothing wins. Right. I mean, Pickford doesn't get scored on. <laughs> right. Everton would without him. <laughs> very true. Yes, they would. Yeah. And you couple that with that's true. Um, Forest. We'll get to them, but they did get the new manager with Nuno, and that is someone who has experience of being down and around it and how to fight a way out of it, too. So it's like you could very easily see those two teams jumping, jumping Palace, and where do those kids' heads, where are their kids' heads at when suddenly you're now the team that's a point out of the drop. Right. Yeah, no, fair enough. You know, they're, they're, honestly, this their next what, what, game... What you, would ho- what you would hope is that those kids go, they're too young and dumb to be scared. Right, that's what you hope. Right, for. and they, they don't let that affect them because they, they've never experienced it. They don't uh, know what it is. Now, the, the flip side to that is they could be a Patrick Bamford case who's too posh to know because they've only come up in the Premier League right? and they've never put in the hard yards in the championship or what I know as they played for QPR or whoever right, right. it was. But... You know, a lot of them don't know lower league football, mm-hmm. so there, there's every possibility that they're they they're spoiled. Um, and the last thing to mention with them too is their next game. Right, they're not playing this weekend for the FA Cup because you know we eliminated them, but with a very sexy. Well, goal. here's another weird thing. So Hodgson in the post match, he he substituted Eze in that match mm-hmm. at halftime, I think, and to booze. From the palace supporters, it was about the 60th minute mark. Okay, to booze from the palace supporters, mm-hmm. and afterwards he was like, "Yeah, well, he's got to rest. He had to rest him. He's got a game this week." Well, then don't play him at all. <clears throat> right. Don't play him at all. Right. Why'd you play him? It, what you're saying is, I still nil nil. We don't have a chance here. We got to play Arsenal at the weekend, yeah. and if we don't have him, we're fucked. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, you, you had him. So and he's, we're our, he's our only chance. <laughs> but the big one, what I was getting to, the big one for them is, is on Tuesday they have Sheffield United at home. And Sheffield, not for nothing. I mean, I still think they're going down. They're playing better football. 
They are playing a little bit better and under Chris Wilder. Dallas that's is true. not playing good football. No. I mean, that's that's true. Yeah. That's very, very true. I right. mean, and Pals have a tough old run these next few weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's uh, move it on. Tony's back. Tony is back. Yeah. And if I was a betting man. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I would have bet that he'd score. Now, the only reason I wasn't able to put that in my bet last week and I had to add the stupid Brighton game to my bet was because it was too early to add the goal scorer markets. Whatever excuse you need to make yourself. It's fucking annoying because I knew he was going to score. You knew he was going to score. Everybody knew he was going to score. It was a match made in heaven. What I didn't expect and probably the highlight of the game for me mm-hmm. was the WWE-style entrance music and everything else they gave us. Oh, I know. It was fucking weird, <laughs> wasn't it? Mel, Mel, was, Mel was talking about that. Uh, t- she was showing me the video. It was like, this is for one player. I'm like... It was almost <laughs> good, and I thought she may have written it for them. <laughs> A little nod to Mel's past. She's, she's not paying attention because she's talking to people on the internet. It's okay, Graham. She's not going to listen to every one of your jokes. It's okay. It's pretty good, though. Okay, well, she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I was trying to pull it up, but it's I wasn't cute because I was trying to rush because you or, guys were calling me out. Or maybe she was producing something. How about that? That's a surprise. Yeah. I. This is actually great. Uh, knowing that Scotty's watching right now, we'll go ahead and talk about it. Was it the wall's fault or was it, or was it Turner's fault? All right, so... All of the above. Everything yes. about the situation was kind of shit. Yeah. Did Ivan Tony technically cheat? Yes. Yeah. The reason he says you he has get a, a history with it. He said, <laughs> "No, he doesn't." Is it history? With- <laughs> 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 Parlay of moving the ball and the foam is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, <laughs> what I'm so technically yes he cheated because when he came out in a post match it was like yeah i mean you're allowed a yard either side that's bullshit that's not written anywhere he Mm -hmm. he just completely made that up right right are referees very specific to the exact spot no however if he truly believed that you got a yard either side why move the foam right right because it was very clearly the foam was about two feet wide right and if you move the ball outside the foam, that would still be within a yard either side of the foam. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're doing the right thing, why move the foam? Right. Precisely. Where I fall well, and the, his players are blocking and talking and making where so I he does it. Right. Where I fault the Brentford <clears throat> wall. Everybody's watch, looking at him. Right. Not one person tried to signal the referee. Not one person tried to protest it. Not one person took the responsibility to step to the left. Am mm-hmm. I supposed to listen to you? Yeah. as you, I right. played in front of you as a defender. Right. And you were a goalkeeper. Am I supposed to listen to you and say to the right? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. But if he moves the ball to the left, I'm going to go, hey, fucking take a half step left. Right. Well, and you also know. there's, so the first two players in the wall have a very specific job. The first one, his job is to be turned around with his back looking right at the goalie as the goalie is telling him, move this way, move this way. Move that you're way. You're good. Right. The one right next to him has his arm connected to him and is to watch what the fuck is going on in front of him to go, hey, they're moving, they're moving, or hey, they're doing this, right. or, you know, or or they move the ball a little, stay here, don't move, don't move, don't move. They're exactly. Like, and so all of that being said, but also. But then also Matt Turner should notice what's happening and move and tell the ball to move yeah, as hey, well. 
What's going on up there? What's going on up there? Can't see. Can't. One of my most famous can't see, things I to can't see. see. I can't, can't see. see yep. Can't see. Can't see. Yep. And then you guys know. Step up. Fucking step up. Or fucking get out of the way. Say something. Yeah. Make some noise. Let me know what's going on. Because if I can't see yep. it and it gets past you, I ain't seeing it when it goes in the back of the net. Correct. But the biggest thing, ultimately, we say it time and time again. And allow me to say it for the umpteenth time. If you are a keeper, you cannot be beat on your near post. Well, here, if you are beat on your near post, it is always on you. So I, always I, on I you. saw you say this in the comments of his post mm -hmm. on our closed group, Drunker United FC, which everyone should join because that's where 99% of the shit talk happens, and it's a lot of fun. Um, what I would say to that point is specifically on free kicks, your wall is supposed to be covering that area for you, right? And as close as that ball was to the 18 you have somebody lay down behind the wall which gives mm -hmm. your wall the ability to jump because now you have the floor covered right and if everybody's six foot two and up which most of them are when they jump he there's no way he can clear their heads and get the ball down before right up and down up and down uh, over the wall before the crossbar if they're able to jump right so somebody in that wall has got to take responsibility if Matt Turner can't see it to either communicate with him, he's moved it, mm -hmm. or just go take a half step left, mm -hmm. which is all they had to do, and then somebody would have been there to block it. Yeah, but they didn't, and he was. Just, and by the time, because when you set us up, even an indoor, we covered your near post, and you took the far post, right? Because that gives you more time to react, mm -hmm. and you can have a better sight line on the ball. Mm -hmm. And if you got beat at your near post on a free kick specifically, that is our fault. Mm -hmm. Because as a wall, we didn't do our job. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll right. Give you that. I'll In give that, that specific situation, that's where I disagree with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was just, it was, it was, yes, he didn't do the right thing, but it was also a failure of responsibility on both the Brentford wall and Matt Turner that somebody either didn't notice it was happening, didn't communicate it was happening, and didn't call it out to the referee that he did it. Right. Fair enough. So it was it was a failure on all sides on everyone's part except Ivan Tony. It's just a nefarious win if you understand what I'm trying to say. With you, uh, I'm going to rechange. I'm going to change my second point because I've got a different opinion of it now um, uh, from what we were talking about before. There really hasn't been much of a Nuno bump. Like they got you know the draw and the win, but now a couple of losses in a row. I say time to be worried. Do we wonder if? the recent violations have got them as players nervous or concerned where unlike we take the other example everton where it galvanized them and made them just go fuck you so what what i would say about that point specifically is when when this happened to everton they had their full complement of players right this team does not this team does not and i won't you we've already seen their dip in form under steve cooper mm -hmm. happened when when you went out He's got Chris Wood scoring goals for fun. He's right. got four goals in five games or something. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, and by the way, that goal uh, that he scored was about as Chris Wood as Chris Wood could ever yeah, Chris Wood. Well, I mean, definitely. that is like 100%. Like, little looping ball to the big boy. Big boy heads it right into the yeah, fucking near and post. And then go celebrate at the camera that I, I it probably doesn't know is a camera because he looks like a fucking Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes are too close together. He's got a big-ass forehead. <laughs> well, that big-ass forehead put it in the back of the net. And he's a Kiwi, so it sounds like, you know, on the, I, f I feel bad for New Zealanders and Australians uh, in this respect. Do you know how, like, in this country, 
if you have like a southern twang and you're a guy, mm-hmm. you kind of sound dumb. Right. Is that people uh, associate that as a stereotype? A little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, if you come up and you're an Italian and you just, you know, you speak it like this, and uh, it's kind of sexy, right? You know, uh, if you if you're the Frenchman, you you know, you kind of just you make women fall to their knees because you are so so romantic, right, right? You know, or Spanish, the same, you know, kind of thing. I feel like uh, or Germans, it just kind of instills fear or mm-hmm. is uber uber sexual, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Only one of two ways. There's no in between with a German either. I feel like the Australians are the rednecks of the world, <laughs> if that makes sense. And the New Zealanders, same way. You, right. that, that Oh, yeah? Crikey, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they just sound like a fucking backwoods. And that's not a criticism. It's just a stereotype that I think is funny. And it doesn't help when you look like Chris Wood. No. Very fair. Very fair. So, He's got uh, a big, con- dumb face. So, continuing, um, <laughs> do we think that the possibility of the points – Reduction hanging over their head is fucking with them at all. I, or? D- I I don't think so. I think the performances are better under Nuno <laughs> without a Wony than they were under Cooper. Very fair. It it mm-hmm. seems like he's found an adjusted system to cope with not having that particular player available to him, and I think that's a positive thing. And I think they will work out what's going on. I mean, the the one game they lost because the ridiculous red card call. I mean, that's mm-hmm. absurd. They should have three more points on the board than they do. Right. Or two more points on the board. I think they drew that game. Um, it's just fucking stupid. That's just a, a criticism of refereeing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I know it's a Gary O'Neill kind of specific um, reference to count the points you would have had had referees done their job appropriately. Mm-hmm. But that's a glaring error right. by... The referees that that really cost force in that situation they're even on points with palace if that's the case right exactly yeah. which you i don't know that you would have framed the question the same way necessarily okay. if Very that good. was the case so massive win for the bees do you think they sell tony i'm starting no. to be in your camp and say they won't uh, this because they need them to they much. will this summer yeah, they will this summer, but they ain't selling them in no, January. I don't think even if, unless even if somebody he says comes he in, wants to be sold, which he, he did. Sold. He ain't getting sold, <laughs> which he did. Yeah. A week after he gave the "I'm really committed to the Brentford calls because they've stuck behind me" and blah 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 speech. A week later, they were like, "So, uh, you know, you're linked with a lot of clubs," and he was like, oh, "I'd love to make a move." <laughs> <laughs> Two days before the game, it was like fucking weird, man. Uh, West Ham and Sheffield United. There really wasn't much in this match until the 90th minute, and then oh shit, there was. There's a lot in this match. There's a lot going on. Uh, the, the opening goal was a bit fortunate. Mm-hmm. Start yeah. there. I think uh, Cornet um, reacted well uh, to the deflection and, and kept his composure. I thought it was a bit strange. He chose to go with his left foot and in the manner that he did. That was, I don't know. I, the, his body shape said different to mm-hmm. what actually happened. Yeah, fair. <laughs> and I fair. found it kind of boggling for a moment. Um, but, uh, you know, West Ham, they have to react better when their goalkeeper makes a, frankly, fantastic save. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not going to be able to parry the ball wide. Sometimes you just have to do everything you can to get your hand on it. Right. And that ball went back into the danger zone, and a West Ham player was closer to it, right, just around the penalty spot, to allow a Sheffield United player, and his name is actually quite hard to pronounce. Uh, Bariton Diaz. yeah, but it's spelled like Brer- Brereton, which is sounds like the knockoff version of Bridgerton. So you, I, I'm going to throw a little something at you. You know who that is? No. 
That is the guy who went to Spain from we got him from Villarreal. I know, he, I know he played for Villarreal. He was the one that was the big time <laughs> goal scorer for two seasons straight in the championship with Blackburn. The one uh, who was scoring all, all the, the time. goals. Yeah, and everybody okay. thought that like now that rings a bell. Everybody thought that he was going to go up to the Prem, and then he when they had their massive crash out on the final day. Remember they, you know they, they shit the bed. Yeah, 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 had the lead twice, lost it, got beat badly, and, didn't and make then the playoffs as a result. And then he got sold to Villarreal because wow. nobody in the Prem really ultimately offered enough money for him. So, so this was a Premier League debut goal for him. Yes, it is. But to, and he had a, a hell of a miss later on as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but to, to as a, as a West Ham defender to not react to that ball that's coming to you, and you you know you're looking at the save that happened in front of you facing your own net to not be able to react and hook that ball away and dilly dally that badly now he did very well obviously to nick the ball away and then mm-hmm. to to find the composure to keep it on target mm-hmm. in, in this instance but i think that's piss poor yeah I, absolutely piss poor defending for that mm-hmm. and i don't think enough people were pulling them up on that right well um, from everything i've listened to now that, in, that's just absolutely pitiful into the uh extra time into the 90 injury time part of it the 90 minutes yeah I mean, just stupid from Brewster. Just I, a stupid fucking... Just, there's a lot of times we'll talk about <clears throat> forwards tackles, right? And yeah. usually they're just dumb and, you know, you're like, uh, they're just not good at tackling because they're forwards and they don't have to do it often. And, you know, yeah. a little rush of blood to the head and that's it. This looked intentional and it looked like it was fucking premeditated murder. Right. Rush uh, A rush of blood to the head, but... Don't go in hard, and it's whenever no, you see he was a striker f- going super hard. It's like, oh, that's not going to no, go he was well. Too, he was two footed. Yeah, he left his right leg. He saw what the player was doing. If you mm-hmm. watch the replay, the slow motion replay they played afterwards, he saw what he was doing. Left his right leg where it was, knowing it was going to connect with his leg, and you see his left leg go out to take the ball mm-hmm. that he just kicked. Yep. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You could see the 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 deliberate and real movement that he made. He went two footed, and then that leg comes out, and he left that right leg where it was. That's completely intentional, and I think he should be given a couple extra games. Lucky he didn't break um uh, uh whoever's like can't don't remember disagree. Who it was. And, then, the, and then fucking was it on Cresswell or somebody? Yeah. Wasn't it? And then to fall. You're you're literally in the final minute. The final yeah. minute. And your dumbass, your dumbass just makes the normal kind of in the middle of the field, slow down the play kind of foul, but you're already on a yellow. And it was clearly a well, yellow it card. Wasn't, wasn't the, when they went to argue with Brewster. He got a yellow for that's that. That's where he got the yellow. And then he got the yellow for fucking going now, hard I think on the someone. yellow was, a, the second yellow was a little harsh to be yeah. honest with you, but, um, he put himself in a position to give the referee a decision to make. It just don't do that, dude. Not you can't do not, that. How many times do we when say, that how many much times of the time the game it? is left? And I think part of it was the altercation still in the referee's mind. Mm-hmm. So even though he didn't make that much contact, the the Sheffield United player obviously milked yeah. it. And, and it was, and, but it was also what a, contact, a contact there was deliberate hard foul but to stop. I don't play. think it was that hard, is what yeah. I'm saying. I think what he did was put himself in a position that gave the referee a decision to make. What he's doing there, though, and the referee still has a sour taste from three minutes ago mm-hmm. when you were the first one to the fray. Yep, and it looks like <laughs> that you're trying to get a retribution tackle in, 
even though I don't think there was that much contact. Yeah. I And then you go even further, because then because of that send-off, there's now more time added to the game, uh-huh. right? And also, you're back to even, <clears throat> even yep. Steven. And Alphonse Areola came out hard, and I'm going to say, ultimately, I think it's a foul. It is. He just, he came out too reckless in it all, right? You typically give a goalie a little liberty if they're going for the ball, right? You We mm-hmm. talked about this last week. Make it look like you're trying to make a fucking save, which I think he was. He was trying to get ball first, but but he ultimately got him, and I feel that it I was... want to know how he ended up bleeding, though. Yeah. Well, because that bleeding... sounds to me like uh, Ollie McBurney threw another elbow <laughs> and probably bleeding, should have been set off. <laughs> bleeding and concussed because you had to bring in Fabianski to fucking face the penalty. And honestly... Not a very good penalty from McBurney, and you no. wonder. And Fabianski apparently has a better record than Ariola okay. against penalties. But also, Ariola was warm. Fabianski literally came on to face a penalty. Like, yeah, I mean, he was warm because of the ninety-eight point six degree blood that was flowing out of his face. Right, but but you wonder <laughs> if that shot's taken against Ariola. Does maybe Ariola save that penalty? No, oh. because he didn't know where he was. Apparently, yeah, he true. was concussed and bleeding. And then you come back again. And on the other side, you don't call a penalty. The excuse from the PGMLL is fucking horseshit. They said, well, they were both grabbing each other's jerseys. That's fine. Bowen's watching the ball come in that he's trying to head. The defender doesn't even know where the ball is. Defender is like a lineman in football. He's got his hands on him, and he's fucking taking him to the ground. So I, I heard this described as a Goldberg spear, basically. He just, he wasn't <laughs> even looking at, like, how can, I, it, it, I, you know what? I don't care if fucking Bowen's got him by the front of his shirt and smacking his fucking face around. You know what? That guy ain't even paying attention to the play. Yeah. He is literally just tackling him to the ground. How you do not call that is baffling to me. Speaking of uh, Blackburn references, since you brought one up earlier, <clears throat> that was a Robbie Savage tackle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my God, yes. Who was a much better rugby player than he was a football player. Problem is, he never played for a rugby team. (laughs) And and Moyes, at the end of the match, just, he was like, he was incensed. Well, he was like, he was like, well, I can't talk about it because there's people watching and those people do things. So, you know, what am I supposed to say? Well, this is Jose Mourinho. I get fined. Exactly right. I was just about to say that. That's Jose Mourinho again. Also, by the way, since we've mentioned him now a couple times, RIP Jose Mourinho's job. He got sacked as Roma manager this weekend. Graham, you know one rumor I heard? Heard he always wants, he's always wanted to coach a uh, a international team. USA, right there. Oh yeah, big time put it I'd right welcome it. I would fucking welcome it and and also also Fire don't care if you gave him an extension hire Jose right now you might actually win the World Cup <laughs> no <laughs> shit I love everything about it problem, problem is he's only 61 years old yeah so he he obviously has a ton of passion for it and um, yeah, one of the other funny things I heard from a, a pundit today as I was listening to the radio is you know how football is cyclical mm-hmm. um it's only a matter of time, and I think he's doing really well to wait it out that his style of football comes back into fashion again, and he'll just be unbeatable again. Heard. You know, it's only a matter of time. All right. Um, Liverpool-Bournemouth. There's really not a ton to really talk about this game, despite horrible. all the goals. Dueling braces from both uh, Jota and Nunez. So, good news. 
who's going to score the goals while Salah's away. I wouldn't bank on Nunez. <laughs> I think this was a fluke. He's I, such a, a chaos merchant. He, it's not even funny. When he scored the first one, I was just like, he's missed that easy shot <laughs> at least 20 times. <laughs> like, uh, But the other thing is, too, is just came out today. What initially was thought to be going to be just a game or two for Mo to miss, which would have been the rest of AFCON. Picked up an injury. Looking like 30 days. Picked up an injury, yeah. So these guys scoring for them is is, massive. fucking massive. massive. But didn't Diaz go off hurt as well Mm -hmm. in this game? Uh, I think he did, yeah. Um, So that is concerning as well because he does a lot of work down at left. Now, Cody Gakpo is there. And Cody Gakpo, I I really appreciate the work he puts in, even though he doesn't get a ton of goals. And I think he creates space for other players, Cody Gakpo. Um, But Jota... The, the the comical bit of this entire thing was obviously his horrific miscue mm-hmm. that would have ended up behind him had he not reacted to it so quickly. Yep, yep, that one. Oh, shit, still in front of me. Well, he, he swung at it, and the ball just kind of caroomed up. With, you saw the backspin, mm-hmm. but he was able to – he saw it the whole way and just immediately pivoted and reacted faster than the Sheffield United players mm-hmm. did. Got a touch to it and then fired it into the far corner. Uh, the cherries offered very little after the first half. The first yeah, half they, they looked they decent, played pretty but, well. But then after that, they really didn't there, offer much. There just wasn't there just wasn't many chances for them, man. It, it, it was, you know. That being said, I think Virgil Van Dyke and Kanate, especially uh, Ibrahima Kanate, played very fucking well. Yeah. Um, I think about that the the one tackle he had at the edge of the eighteen, maybe just between the eighteen and the penalty spot. Um, I think Van Dyke got outdone by a cutback, but Kanate was there, slid in, went over the ball, but didn't make contact with the player. His leg was wide enough uh-huh. and then was able to kind of from the floor clear the ball. Yeah. Um, and you, Van Dyke, I mean, the way that they celebrated was like they scored a goal. Mm-hmm. And Van Dyke was leading those celebrations because he saved his blushes. Yeah. I think. And he knew it. Yeah. Um, and I, Liverpool wouldn't have been as comfortable if they were without those two uh and i think those two that's the most comfortable they look together that i've seen uh give it up to the uh kid by the way that uh started in the place of alexander arnold from the injury looked looked like just part of the furniture did his job had a couple of nice crosses didn't look bad at all and the other thing uh because uh, russ criticizes me for not saying anything nice about liverpool perfect answer City won a big game last week coming from behind and beating uh, Newcastle. You guys put a thumping on Palace. Great fucking answer. Yeah. That is exactly the answer you need to For be sure. giving Liverpool. If it, if it's going to be you're going to win the title, which they have every right to be there. They're they have, in a, five, they have a five point lead on and, on City right now. And they're yep. they're in it. They are they they fucking like the midfield is a little erratic, but it's there. It's all the bones are there, and you got to give credit to a fucking quality coach that knows what he's fucking doing. Absolutely. You know, if you got to be like, hmm, this team could definitely do it, could definitely do it. And this was exactly the kind of result you needed to have, especially after the results the people directly around you just had. Exactly. And I'll always say this about Klopp, too, and, and I say this about a lot of managers as well. Not Most of them aren't as honest as, say, Ange. Mm-hmm. Right, which is is hard for me to say because he's obviously Spurs manager. Right, right. To give him any credit, but he he does go. Yeah, we just weren't good enough. But we're going to keep doing what we do, and this mm-hmm. is what we do. Right. He said that multiple times a season when they were going to, on their slide when mm-hmm. everybody was hurt. Right. Um. But 
what Klopp does is kind of the old school Wenger, Mourinho, Alex Ferguson kind of mentality of I'm going to deflect attention away from my team. Mm-hmm. And that is as much of a tactic as making a substitution in the 68th minute. Oh, absolutely. You know case. what I'm saying? So now it's great for us because it gives us material when he says things like it was too windy today. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, or something doesn't come off correctly because of his English being a second language. Mm-hmm. You know, He doesn't kinda, know how the ref because he shouldn't ref because he's never played the he's game He's never before. played the game. He's not a proper football man. Yeah. I mean, that plays right into talk sport. You mm-hmm. know, I think he's lining himself up a punditry role when he retired. Oh, absolutely. But the, my, my point is, is he plays that very, very well. He does that part of the game very, very well. We used to call them mind games, mm-hmm. right? When Alex and Wenger and Mourinho mm-hmm. were all three at the peak of their powers at the same time. Yeah, just And they were all going after other. each other. But Wenger's famous thing was, oh, I haven't even seen it. I have to look back at a replay, but, I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. You know, and then, you know, Mourinho would make up whatever shit he would make up to take the pressure off his players. Mm-hmm. And then Alex Ferguson would do the same thing and mainly call out referees for their performance, regardless of what happened on the field or what the, the events that transpired were. Mm-hmm. Klopp does that very well. Uh, again, the English being a second language and the kind of ridiculousness of some of the things he says is makes our jobs very easy. But he's he's doing that on purpose. I mean, that's a, a real thing and, and part of a, a great thing as a coach that he does. All right, and then the final game, and I'm going to adjust a little bit here. Uh, the biggest thing for Wolves, Nuno's, I mean, Neto is back. Yeah, like, that, that's, that's huge. huge. And you already saw what he's Neto a poor man's Martinelli was doing with the work rate of Cunha. Like uh-huh. Cunha just runs fucking everywhere, yeah. right? And for a guy who is the the pass, the make the moves happen, he loves to see a guy that's going to run all day. But he also likes to run himself. I yeah. mean, he chases a lot of lost causes oh, yeah. himself as well. I'm interested to see, and I think he plays the wings a bit better than Cunha does right. too. When when Wang gets back from uh, the uh, Asia Cup. Like the three of them together, that's gonna be a, that's that's a dangerous yeah. little front line that's right good. there. Well, you saw the first two, the first one, two, two three games of the season. Wolves put in fantastic performances. Were hard done by the referee at Old yeah. Trafford, but that was before Neto got hurt. Mm-hmm. They yeah, were excellent. I thought they were so. excellent. And I would say this nil nil game had chances, man. There were opportunities on both ends of the fucking Bro, pitch. Listen, th- so the way Wolves set up was like West Ham did at Arsenal a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And and Brighton played into that by playing very slow, just like Arsenal did. Yeah, They, they didn't move the ball quickly enough. There were one or two counterattack chances, but for the most part, the game was played across the back line. Mm-hmm. And then way too often, they went back to Jason Steele mm-hmm. to, re, to reset. You're never <laughs> going to break a team down like that to play, putting 10 behind nope. the ball. Nope. And it was, which is why... Wolves only had like 29% of the ball, but Wolves had the better of the chances in the game. Oh, absolutely. I think there were two, maybe three. Now, Zhao Pedro had one or two shots on target, maybe could have done better with the the first one. Yeah. Um, The end of the match when he had the ball on his foot, on his left, and he had to cut it back, and then five guys stood in front of the ball. It was like... Well, that's because it was his third cutback. By that point, I think they know what you're going to do. Yeah, he just (laughs) needed to let that ball... Because he's right in the middle of the goal, too. And Evan Ferguson was standing on the edge of the 18. He's got a very good record striking the ball from there. Yeah, precisely. Poke it out to him. Uh, I did get a little feisty there at the 
the end of the first half. So I thought Wolves played this very physically. I mm-hmm. thought it was kind of feisty the, the entire time. Yeah. They didn't do much to try to get out of the way of anything, really. Yeah. Well, you had the Dawson. For me, Dawson was just trying to walk walk over top of him. Now he was purposely walking over yeah. top of him. No, I think but it his, wasn't like he was trying to step on him. His was a more of a dick move <clears throat> than the other one. Yeah. I think it was Cunha and Billy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but Tati was a dickhead a couple times, give, oh, yeah. giving some extra body, I, th- I think, to Billy Gilmore, if I remember correctly. Honestly, it's what um, you do to a team like Brighton. Well, right. right. I mean, again, I, I hate, you know, because y'all always accuse me of bringing it back to Arsenal, but again, it's just what I know. Ugly it. Well, bully it up, exactly, <laughs> to try to bully them because they play too pretty. Most and most of your and it would affect unexpected us. dropped mm-hmm. points this season, like to West Ham and to Fulham, mm-hmm. were because... They slow it down and make it gross. And they made it ugly. And then, like, yeah. you own, and then there was... It took a worldie to beat us at Goodison. Yep. And and that whole game, we uglied it up, and you right. didn't really have chances, and it just... That's what it is. Well, to, to take a, uh, a line from a... a, a, a one of the pundits I listen to a lot, Andy Brassel, uh, over in England. Um, if this game happened in my back garden, I would have shut the blinds. Sure money. I lost again. <laughs> you had you you had a fighter's. Uh, I had everything. I had myself muted. <laughs> my cough button. You <laughs> muted. I had myself muted. Uh, Why does yeah. it sound like a Bond villain? You you. <laughs> You were in it. You you told me today. You were like, my bet's still live. I was I like, know, I was like, the there's no death. way in hell yeah. Brighton's getting points out of this one. No way they're getting all three. That's gonna fuck off. So what do you got for the uh, Dort Spirek Cup of Losers? Aren't seagulls the most annoying of the birds? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking seaside flying rats. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um. God damn it. So, yeah, I... Uh, I I'm, I'm sorry. J- just so I could be done, I'm now down $747. Fabulous. Um, I had too much faith in two road dogs, so I am now down $439. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Uh, I actually wrote down the wrong number. It's actually 19, not 10. I remember the number very specifically. But 19.047619% of the time... One niner. It's right, 100% of the time. I have, um, I learned a lesson in Dub Blades and the Bees. <laughs> nice. See what I did there? See what I did there? Nice. Yours, yours was a bird, and then I did a bee. I, I have a question. It, it's the best when he giggles at his own jokes. It was it a is. well-written joke, thank you. He does it all the time with his fucking dad jokes. Well, the, the question there would be, is they're both phallus shaped things mm. the bee stinger and the blade yeah so just who's the pokey pokey <laughs> <laughs> show title <laughs> you, you just no. got a pokey pokey no <laughs> you can't be pokey 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 pokey's a great show title <laughs> no you got better options uh if I was a betting man. Okay, I could go with that one. Yeah, that's pretty funny. The second it came out of your mouth, I knew there would be nothing I funnier. say for this one week only, we'd ditch the theme tune and do the Undertaker's music just like Brentford did. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird, man. Like, weird. It's not like he was like out for a year with a horrific leg break or something. He he got in trouble. He was banned for betting. That's huh. so strange. Here, here's something I don't I know. get. It, it was He's... a heel turn. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty is on a slide. She has now lost three in a row and sits at 12 and 8. 
Wow, okay. Yeah. Sorry you're winning still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unlike us, who lose constantly. No That's going to wrap it up. Mr. Graham, any parting words? Yeah, a few. Sucks that I have to do this. Uh-oh. Uh, and one, I, I honestly, I didn't write it down because I heard about it as I was driving over here, but in the championship, maybe. Mm-hmm. Might have been League One. Um, there was a player racially abused uh, mm-hmm. again. Uh, and then in Italy, there was another in the top flight, uh, Milan and whoever Milan played this weekend. Uh, there was a play, the Milan goalkeeper who oh. I thought was Olivier Giroud. Uh, oh. It's not. <laughs> Hold on here. Um, um, Italy, there was racism for the live audience. Allow me to show you my uh, surprise, surprise face. face. Yeah. Uh, was also racially abused and it just shows again that it's alive and well and um, which is fucking annoying and what I think uh, is a lot of what I've I've heard being echoed around is there needs to be some sort of very severe punishment and collective responsibility I know most people agree that it is a subset of uh, a football's fan base, uh, football club's fan base that are racist, not the entire stadium, which mm-hmm. is usually true. I take that point. It might be seven people out of the 20,000 that are there. But until the punishment is severe, what point does anybody have to crack down on it uh-huh. properly? Um, Don't let your fans come to the stadium for a game. Well, here, what? It, not even that, more than that. Uh-huh. Dock them points. Yeah. Dock them fucking points. Relegate them. <clears throat> Make it affect their make, make it, it a for, make that game a forfeit. Especially you forfeited. We, that is a three 0 loss now. Especially when we talk about points being deducted, like in the case of you know, uh, finances Everton, and right, other shit. You're like that's not fair to the fans. Well, this would be directly at because the fans. of the fans. Be like, oh, you fucked off. Yeah, your team just lost right. points because of that. Control your fans, uh, and and keep them out of the stadium. That you know the tech is there. You you uh, very often you're able to. Mm-hmm. You know, identify people that threw stuff or did this. So identify the people that that yelled the racist stuff. Excellent. You know, Very good. Out. Hire more more stewards. Excuse me. Do whatever mm-hmm. you got to do. Do any of that kind of crap. It's it's really sad. And and there has to be something severe that happens, or, or nothing's ever going to be done about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just it's sickening at, at, at this stage that that this stuff still exists. Um, you know, it's it's as, as you know, as we saw with Alphonse Ariola, we all bleed red, man. Yeah, heard. You know what very I'm saying? True. Full very circle true. moment there. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, if you're on the live stream, you want to hear us do the EFL show. We're going to do it right after this. We're going to take a quick break. But uh, of course, we also have injury time and injury time this week, everybody. Uh, another Christmas present is going to be free to everyone because we are going to be talking about the FA Cup. Fourth round. Yep. Yep. Got to be doing that as well. Threw up a couple fun matchups as well. But if somebody wanted to find Patreon to listen to everything else we do, Sam, how do they go about doing it? At runye.com. Uh, actually, it's <laughs> at patreon.com forward slash D football show. Just sign up to that one five dollar tier. You get all the extras that uh, Sam just talked about. Uh, as well as a few other extras that nobody really knows unless you're a part of it. Excellent. Until next week, everybody. Good night. Under an hour. Fuck yeah. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, yeah, the fucking gooner grab. Stuff of a lord, the straight and shorts.
them for me. 